Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Adamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. A proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the FantraxHQ.com fam. D-Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball, John Van Etten. John, tell me why New Girl has gotten so bad. I'm on season six and it's a struggle to get through it right now. No, dude, it's the best. I I can't watch it though because I start impersonating Schmidt. <laughs> like, why have you I never actually... shown me that, the impersonation of him before? <laughs> so let's get some cocaine, some crack cocaine. <laughs> Love it. Also joined by a man who always records in his kitchen in his sink, making an appearance every episode, and that's the doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? Hey, man. Not all of us can good ha- can have good Wi-Fi around the house. It's fine. I'm just expecting that sink to turn on at some point. But no Brad Stradamus tonight, so we had to bring in the big guns. And joining the pod tonight, I would like to introduce you to somebody. Hit it, maestro. Ladies and gentlemen, joining the pod tonight, we welcome in a man that loves football almost as much as he loves his cats. The football diehard senior editor, a Sirius XM fantasy host, and FSWA Hall of Famer. You better be able to jam on the guitar and know both sides of the story when talking to this man. We welcome in Bob Harris. Bob, what is going on, my friend? Not much, man. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Pretty good, man. I, I first have to ask, we have a fellow feline lover on the show. John has a cat. Like, just what, like only one? Just one. I'm a, what the hell's the matter with you two? <laughs> I wore my dog shirt today because oh, I got to... All right. <laughs> my roommate uh, said no. That's my reason. Half-ass attempt, but a dog will do. Doc, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> so, FSWA Hall of Fame, man. I, I mean... That is awesome. How long have you been an FSWA member, just in general? Um, and, and- I was actually a founding member. Uh, I was one of the wow. four people who created it, along with Emil Cadlick, Ryan Houston, Kirk Boyellis. Uh, so, um, so since I've 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 been part of it since the beginning, since day one. Wow! So you'd be on the uh, the Mount Rushmore. Of uh, I don't FSWA. know that they have one of those, but I'm still on the executive <laughs> committee. I'm like a. a, a uh, an advising member or something. You're so, a founding father. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm very old. That this is true. <laughs> so, can you tell us before we dive in tonight? How long have you been doing? Been with the diehards and kind of when did you first start getting into fantasy football? So I started playing fantasy football in 1986. Uh, I, uh, you know, it took about a week to figure out that we didn't know enough to play this game properly, and uh, and so I started pondering the possibilities of creating more information that would be helpful to people. And I think in 1993, I turned it into, I decided to make it a business and, uh, and, uh, and I'm working hard to hopefully uh, break even here in the next 10 to 15 years. <laughs> hey, that's all we can ask for, right? You don't lose any money and you get to have fun, right? Yes. It's, it's a great thing. Johnny's cats are messing with them. I can tell. <laughs> I don't know. They're pulling at the Wi-Fi or whatever. They're like getting that, my man. earbuds to work, they but totally they're back now. They totally do that. The- <laughs> uh, what are your cats' names? 
Uh, Ming the Merciless and Ma- Wally. <laughs> Ming the Merciless is like 30 pounds. He's ginormous. I love oh, fat cats. He's very, he is that. Are they uh, tabbies? Uh, yeah, you know, kind of the striped variety of cat. Yeah, so the big one looks like the Garfield and uh, the little one looks like a little gray striped cat. John, what is Manny? A cat. <laughs> I don't uh, know. There you go. There you a go. Gray cat. <laughs> you don't know your own cat's breed. That's with embarrassing. A, with a little smudge on her nose. <laughs> there you go. Well, with the offseason here, we're firing up offseason content like there's no tomorrow. When draft day comes and the season is here, we want to make sure you're in tip-top shape to take down your league. So there's no BS short-term podcast fixes here. No, 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 no. That means subscribing to this podcast, listening to these episodes, getting all the info you need, and ultimately seeing results, baby. That's what Bob does. He sees results. And that progress begins when you do. And in today's episode, we're talking 2021 bounce-back candidates. And fellas, let's face it, there are a ton of guys that disappointed in this crazy 2020 season, some that were very high draft picks. So our job today is for the Bob and the boys, because you guys are the boys today, to sort out if the players talked about on the show are due for a bounce back or if they're going to continue plummeting in 2021. After we'll go to our question of the week, which NFL coach past or present would you least want to get in a fight with? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it. Yeah. Bob, have I scared you yet? No. I'm not easily <laughs> frightened. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. I want to make sure you're still sticking with us. Uh, so not a, not a lot of news, actually, this past week. The only one big piece of news, and we're not going to break it down fully because we're going to be talking about this guy in, in our main section of the show, just that Philadelphia traded Carson Wentz to the Colts in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick. That will turn into a first if he plays 70% of the snaps for the Colts or they go to the playoffs. So I'm not interested right now at the fantasy perspective of Wentz just because we'll kind of break that down a little bit. I want to more get in the aspect of what you thought about the trade for both sides. So what did you think about that, Bob? Well, I, you know, I think kind of, I mean, it has, he had to go, right? I mean, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't working out there in Philadelphia, they say. Um, and, and, you know, you, you hear all the rumors and all the talk that he didn't, you know, that he didn't like hard coaching, all these things, uh, you know, and it seems like he didn't like competition. He's like, uh, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't good, he'd probably be doing the same thing right now. Right. But with, you know, Jordan love breathing down his neck. So I kind of get, it sounds like there's not enough room for two type a personalities. He goes, uh, and rejoins uh, coaches that, you know, I think the tell came when the Colts hired press Taylor who is a guy that he's been close to his entire time in Philly. And he was close with Reich too. So um, this just seemed like the obvious destination. There was some talk about the bears. It seemed like unlikely. Cause like, is he going to go anywhere near Nick Foles? No, he's not going to that place. Um, and even if they got rid of Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky would probably beat him out halfway through the season. So I'm only half joking. Cause I, you know, I, I, I think Wentz can still be a good player and hopefully he can, and he can rebound in a much better situation you know, much better supporting cast around him. We'll see if they can find a little maybe upgrade at wide receiver would be good for them, but they drafts well. And they have, they have. I think they oh, they still have a ton of cash under the cap, even taking on his uh, salary. So uh, I think it's a good move for them. And we'll see, we'll see about uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, you know, obviously in fantasy, we're always looking for the athletic running quarterbacks. He's that, 
You know, we had the 80 plus yards a game rushing. That's fantastic. He's also not a very good passer or wasn't, wasn't a very accurate passer uh, to, to in his first, you know, four games. It's a small sample size. I'm willing to give him a chance, but he's going to have to throw better if he wants to excel in the league. That makes sense. I mean, I, I really love Chris Ballard. I think he's one of the most underrated GMs in the league, and he's really putting together a good Colts roster. They already were just kind of missing on a couple parts. If Wentz has the protection like he's expected to get with the Colts, I think he's due for, uh, as we'll talk about, potential bounce back there. Doc, just your thoughts about the the trade for both sides real quick. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think once they started Jalen Hurts last season, you weren't going back to Carson Wentz. And with his salary, you're not going to just keep him on the bench. So I don't think there were too many suitors. I think the Colts are, were the best matching. And to speak on the job that Chris Ballard has done, he traded for, DeFor- for DeForest Buckner last year for Carson Wentz this year. I mean, he's getting starting and even all pro players by giving a draft pickup. And uh, I'm really a fan of what he's done. I think that Wentz, and we'll touch on it more on the fantasy side, could have a good bounce back year. Johnny, just put this little cherry on top. I thought it was interesting. I didn't hear that other part where the, it could go to a first round pick if they just made the playoffs. I think it would be funny if Wentz gets benched and they make the playoffs and it turns into uh, a first anyway. I think, you know, the interesting thing about that is it, I think it's like 75% if they don't make the playoffs and 70% and the playoffs. But I mean, that's like super big incentive to bench him if he's sucking halfway through the season, right? <laughs> yeah. I, it's going to be interesting just to see how it plays out. Yeah, are they going to play that game if they're out of it? If they're just like, okay, we're not making the playoffs. No reason to give up a first-round pick. We're just going to bench him for that reason. And, and by the way, I agree with everything you guys say about Chris Ballard. But if you talk to people who cover the team on a daily basis, you know, talking to them prior to the trade, uh, you know, a lot of them made the same comment. Is that, you know, they're not going to give up too much because they think Chris Ballard in draft picks is a winning combination, right? He They, they, they like what he does with it, and they value their picks. So – uh, so this kind of setup isn't surprising, a little bit of an incentive. And if he's faring well, they'll pay up. If he's not, take a seat, son. Yeah, I mean, Darius Leonard and Quinn and Nelson are just a couple of the draft picks that he's hit on. And I remember from his time with the Chiefs that uh, he was just a, a great guy to have in the organization. So I was really sad to see him go. Uh, but again, it's interesting because it's going to pick up the offseason a little bit, I think. But for now, that's the only big news that have happened this last week. So before we dive into everything going on in the show today, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you find podcasts. Subscribe once and every future episode you'll get for free. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy basketball and a baseball show. And our baseball show is actually entered into the baseball podcast bracket. The baseball podcast world, there is a uh, bracket going on. We're the four seed in the Tatis division. So our voting for that should be on Thursday. If you can vote for us, that would be amazing. David said he'll butt chug if we win uh, the whole tournament. I did not promise that, but we'll see how far we go. Maybe something will happen. But again, we appreciate five-star ratings and reviews to support the show. Check out our Instagram and Twitter at Triple Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media, provide daily questions, bad takes, and our weekly episode drops. And fellas, on an ideal morning, I'd be waking up. The sun is shining. The birds are hopefully chirping in one ear and a little fantasy football podcasting in the other ear. I'd be whipping up some good old French toast. That's my morning, okay? But not every morning is going to have how you want it. Some days you may wake up with a tree, and it might have fallen on your house. Some days your dog might have attacked the mailman and caused $3 worth of damage. Some days you might have to rush to the store because they have sugar-free maple syrup on sale. So when that emergency strikes and you don't have the time to search for podcasts, it's nice to have good old trusty in your back pocket. And what is good old trusty? 
That's triple play fantasy. We want to be old reliable on your worst mornings. So keep on joining us for an amazing all season of football content with no shortage of incredible guests like Mr. Bob Harris here. And thank you to our loyal listeners for your continued support. If you are listening to the podcast version, we're going to take a quick break. So 2021 bounce back candidates, guys. And Bob is like, God, so much advertising on this show. Uh, Almost as much as serious. <laughs> Nothing's free, by the way. We got we to plug away. So, guys, again, we've got 10 of the – the. I, I tried to take the 10 guys that are due for bounce backs, but not necessarily for injury reasons. And I know there are some injuries tied into some of these, but some of them strictly you know that they were bad because of the injury. Um, so I, I kind of tried to look at the bigger picture and saw some decline in their play. And if they're optimistic that moving forward – you guys feel they're due for a bounce back. So let's hop right in. And Bob, we're going to start with quarterback. So we're going to start with the guy we were just touching on, Carson Wentz, who was quarterback 22 on the season last year. Now with the Colts, apparently looks like he's going to be upping his value. He's got a better offensive line, steadier coaching, upgraded pass catchers potentially, depending on how the Colts go in free agency. So what are your thoughts on Wentz next year? It's a low bar. He will exceed it, right? I mean, that's part of the bounce back. Like how bad was it? How so uh, I, he'll be better than last year because he was horrible last year, right? I mean, it was just – it was uh, – and honestly, I was watching some footage of him, you know, just in general, not <clears throat> just his really great season 2017, but just in general over the course of time. And he can make the throws. He is athletic. I know I think it was a Darius Leonard that tweeted basically, hey, we need to win some 14 to 10 games here, guys. You know, so that takes a little pressure off you when you have a defense. You have a really solid rushing game. It sets up Jonathan Taylor for the huge things that he should have done last year but didn't until the second half of the season, hence diminishing my second-round picks. Uh, yes, I overpaid. What about it? Uh, so, uh, so, so, right, I mean, you, I, I think you nailed all the, all the high points. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know the, the dismal 2020 season uh, added with all those components. He's going to bounce back. And, you know, I'm not expecting a top 10 season or anything, but expecting him to be a serviceable fantasy backup is even a high end fantasy backup doesn't seem totally unreasonable. Top 15, maybe. I think that, that would be the range. I think that'd be the range. I mean, you'd be looking at guys, uh, you know, uh, we'll maybe touch on some of them, but guys that are probably in the same position as him looking to bounce back. Yeah, I, I think it's. Better scenario. I, I think that was his low point last year. I can't imagine him being worse than QB 22. So I, I agree with what you're saying there, Bob. Johnny, what about you? Do you think Wentz can get to a top 12 quarterback, a QB 1, or do you see him in that kind of high-end QB 2 range? I think he could be a QB 1. I mean, you touched on it. It's literally upgrades across the board, you know, from defense to wide receivers. I mean, especially the way the uh, Eagles are dropping wide receivers right now. But it's there's only room to go up. I mean, they made Philip Rivers look pretty good, and I thought Philip Rivers was washed. So it, it just goes to show I really do think there's a ton of upside with the change, and he's comfortable with Frank Reich, obviously. And Doc, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they touched on all the major points. I mean, Philip Rivers threw for almost 4,200 yards and 24 touchdowns last year. And I think the biggest concern with Carson Wentz outside of his accuracy is his durability. And when you're playing behind a good offensive line, that's – hopefully going to keep him upright. So I actually have him as, you know, in that QB 10 to 12 range. I think that he could do better than a lot of people think. I do think the Colts need to upgrade a little bit at wide receiver. Maybe they address that in free agency or in the draft, but I like him and I'm optimistic. And Pittman 
everybody's on that drinking that Pittman Kool-Aid right now. So. Hey, man, he ain't giving up 11. That's true. Uh, let's move to the next quarterback I want to talk about here, and that's Ben Roethlisberger, who's quarterback 14 on the year, 38 years old, actually had 33 touchdowns, 10 picks, but he looked absolutely awful in the playoffs. And right now, it's he's not even guaranteed to be on the team next year. So my question <laughs> for you, and I'll start, again, I'll start with Bob. Do you see a top 10 quarterback finish for Ben Roethlisberger if he plays next year with the Steelers? It's going to the old guy to talk about the old guy. I see how it is. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I think it's very interesting when a GM has an opportunity to uh, say whatever he wants to say, presented with a pretty open question, and uh, the possible range of outcomes of the answers was everything from what he says to, hell, we don't know, to, you know, this is our guy. We think we have a year. We can make a push for the Super Bowl. I think they think they're going to rebuild. And, and, and honestly, the best case or the worst case scenario for them is he reworks his contract as he said he would, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he said he would play for anything. So the the worst case possible is a nineteen million dollar, you know, cap it down from the forty one. You know, if he if he just walked away and retired. So let's say he works his deal out so it's down to that twenty million range. That's not an unreasonable price for a starting quarterback in the NFL, unless you don't want that guy around. So uh, this is on the Steelers. I think Ben has already made his case that he'll do whatever it takes to play there. I think there's pieces around him that would give him that opportunity, even if Juju Smith-Schuster leaves, which seems likely as well. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they'll figure out a way to run the ball better. The bigger concern for me is the offensive line. Is you know, Pouncey, Marcus Pouncey going away is a is a big hit. And uh, they've got injury, you know, guys coming back from injuries and some free agency issues there as well. So um, I don't know if it's the best landing spot. I guess what would be interesting is, is would Ben get nibbles from other teams uh, if he was available? And uh, this whole quarterback musical chairs game that's kind of ongoing and everyone's waiting for the big domino to fall, if it's going to fall, and Deshaun Watson, I mean, you know, I think we'll see right before the draft a lot of things happen uh, because if the Texans haven't moved Watson as the draft starts, they're not going to move him. And and then all these other pieces that are available or semi-available or coming available are all going to come to the fore, and we'll see. I've heard that the, the Steelers – think way more highly of Mason Rudolph than either me or Miles Garrett do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they see something we don't because, uh, yeah. God, he looked awful. <laughs> Bring back Duck Hodges. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Doc, what about you? What are your thoughts? I mean, again, he's 38 years old, and he's not even guaranteed to come back next year. Do you see that he, any kind of fantasy relevance for him next year, whether it's the Steelers or any other team? I think he's done. And I mean, like he, and I'm not saying Dunn is like, oh, he's going to be QB 25, but I think he's not going to be a consistent starter. So as Bob mentioned, I think Juju leaves, and I think the Steelers probably had the one of the best trios of wide receivers. We talk about QBs with rushing upside. Ben had 11 rushing yards last year in 15 games. If he got one yard per game, that would be better than he did. So that that shows you how how much the lack of mobility he has. The, they didn't rely much on the rushing game last year. They were very reliant on him to throw the ball. And I think that really helped his fantasy stats. I mean, he was QB 10, but was he the 10th best quarterback in the NFL? Not really. The wide receivers and the defense helped carry them to that undefeated start. And then I think once people started to figure out their game plan a little bit more, that's when they really stunk up the bed. So, Doc, about Ben Roethlisberger? There you go. Go ahead, Johnny. You can add to it. Well, I was going to say he absolutely is not bounced back. Like he's, he's no Tom Brady. He's only getting older and 
every quarterback gets worse as they age, except for Tom Brady, apparently. But I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster's leaving is a huge issue because the Steelers just seem to be able to pull wide receivers out of anywhere. So I wouldn't be that worried. I'm just worried about he's 38. He's getting older. And they were the worst 11-0 team ever in history. Was he the worst QB 10 in history? Like, that was... Could be. I, I, mean, I was surprised he was that high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was because he threw so many touchdowns. I don't know if he was particularly efficient, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. There's a lot of variables still to play out, but I want to move to the running back position next. we got a couple guys here in the running back position that are kind of hot topics right here. And starting off with Zeke Elliott, who was running back 11, averaged 11.5 PPR points per game in 15 games. Without Dex, Dak Prescott, he was just completely abysmal. Looked to have lost a step. Dallas's O-line is not what it once was. So, Bob, I'm curious, where are you ranking Zeke going into next season? Do you think he can finish above RB11, assuming Dak is there for the full season? Or do you think this is the start of that cliff he's going down? Um, I mean, it looked like it, but I don't think it is. I, honestly, I think you know the offensive line is an issue. Uh, Dak was an issue. Um, their defense is horrible, you know, is adds compounds a problem. I mean, they're trying to play keep up with everybody. So I do think he can rebound. I think the encouraging thing was the number of targets he got. Uh, if he can continue those targets and just have a reasonably solid rushing season, uh, there's something there. He was beat up. And he, you know, I think, uh, you know, I've heard people kind of bitch about this, that, you know, he doesn't always pay as much attention to his conditioning as he needs to. Perhaps this is true, according to last year. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd like to see him more focused. I think he's capable. He's one of the guys that I'd be hoping. You know, you know, when we talk about rebound guys, I love rebound guys because they're cheap, and I am old and mean and cheap, and I don't want to pay for a damn thing. And so, if I can get him at a reasonable discount, he'll be one of the players I'm targeting with that discount. And you know, it doesn't always work out, but I'm getting it cheap. I don't care. Uh, cause I don't like to pay. That's all. Is he a guaranteed first round pick in your eyes next year? Uh, I don't think, I, he, I think he probably will be, but I don't think it's guaranteed. Uh, it shouldn't be guaranteed. I think that's going to be the interesting thing is if, if he's going to be obviously in dynasty leagues, I know his values of course slip yeah. but in, in redraft. If you know, if you're in a 12 team league, is he go in the first 12 picks, especially with the rise of Jonathan Taylor, you know, you never know. Cam Akers is getting a lot of buzz <laughs> and, if I'm sitting at the end of the first round, and you know, I say this all the time. I mean, I'm looking to draft Travis Kelsey at the end of the first round. And and sometimes it depends on how late you're drafting. I mean, if you think, wow, there's Zeke and Travis Kelsey, uh, I'd make sure I got Travis Kelsey and then take the chance of coming back a couple picks later and get Zeke as my running back one. <laughs> if it worked out that way, I think he'll probably go higher than that. But um, <clears throat> but I but it wouldn't totally surprise me. Look, like you look at where guys like Nick Chubb went last year because mm-hmm. people were afraid of Kareem Hunt and forgot that Nick Chubb is an amazing running back. So, so scared were they uh, that they overlooked his greatness. Imagine that. Chubb is, I think, the most over, like overlooked running back in the league. He is so ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, had he not missed those four games, we'd be talking about it, having a different conversation about him, and even, even then we should. If Kareem Hunt wasn't on the I know this was kind of off the rails for a second, but if Kareem Hunt wasn't on the team, would he be a top three pick? Yeah, probably so. And, you know, honestly, what was he running back for last year? I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, you know, think about it. And he missed four games. uh, So, 
It's not, and that's it's, that's Bonsky offense. So, you know, that they're gonna they're gonna feed the running back. So so yeah, I, I mean, Kareem Hunt is a very good back, and we all think back, and th- that's the issue. You know, we think back to how great he was, and he was he was fantastic. It's just a different role here in Cleveland. It'd be nice had they not kept him, but uh, and I apologize for taking everything off the rails. It's what I do. No, no, no. <laughs> that's my fault. I was I was kind of interested because we were on that topic, uh, but John, I'll go to you first here. Give me your thoughts about Zeke. I know you're somebody that I don't think ever drafts too much of Zeke. So what are your thoughts on this? Thank you for reminding me who we were actually talking about was Zeke. But <laughs> I, I think that Dak, Dak Prescott was a, a huge impact on his performance. And I think, you know, uh, Bob brought it up. You know, maybe there's been worries about his conditioning. Maybe when the team is is tanking, he's not as paying as quite as much attention. So I think he does come back with a harder edge this season. And I really do think he'll be an you know, first should be a first round pick. Doc, do you agree? Anything you would like to add? So I think he's a late first round pick. And I think that this is kind of the beginning of the end of him in terms of being a top fantasy running back. He's eighth in active career carries. He has 47 less carries than Todd Gurley. And we're writing Todd Gurley off completely, right? Yeah. I mean, he might, (laughs) guys, yeah, and, and we look at the one game that Zeke missed and Tony Pollard stepped in. He had 12 for 69 on the ground and 6 for 63 through the air. So I think that he's going to get more of a prominent role next year. And I think after next year, he's going to be in the Mark Ingram, Le'Veon Bell category where he's had his best years. You're still maybe drafting them because of the name, but they're not going to provide the production. All right, fair enough. The other running back I wanted to talk about, Joe Mixon, and he's probably the one of the guys on here that actually had the most games missed. And again, trying to do most of the guys that actually played a lot of the season, but it was very interesting. In the six games he played, he was RB 49, 13.1 PPR points per game. But if you take out that one huge game against Jacksonville, Jacksonville. he was pure <laughs> garbage, absolute garbage. I'm very curious. Do you think the Bengals, Bob, again, I want to go to you first. I part of me thinks the Bengals may bring in another running back this draft, and I'm very curious for where his value is going to lie next season. How do you feel about Joe Mixon? Yeah, that he he's another guy I'll be targeting. Look, I targeted him last year. I loved him. I love the way he came on down the stretch. It seemed like Zach Taylor found the combination. You know, uh, I think it was after the London game they had. Uh, you know, they just they just started feeding him because they had nothing else, and it was kind of like almost a James Robinson situation. Uh, last year. And, and so I really liked him. I thought he's a, he's a, he's a hell of a player. I think they always felt like they had to throw him the ball enough. Um, but it was horrible last year, man. And I mean, you know, even as bad as the offensive line was and the issues they had there, um, I expected more from him and he didn't deliver. So he would have to go way cheaper for me to be interested. And he will. I mean, obviously I think, you know, people will be looking at those, that same six game sample you're looking at and go, God, and uh, and if, if it weren't for the Jags, it would be it would be way worse. So I'm hoping it drives the price down. So I'm getting him as like a running back 89. Uh, but no, uh, in all seriousness, I think I think these, these are these are all the kind of players that I'm looking for. As long as I get a value, I'm with guys with some past history of production and the possibility of faring better uh, that I can buy on the cheap. And, you know, and hopefully they, they hit the rebound. And if not, you just move on from them quickly because you didn't invest the draft capital that you had to in the past, like last year when I totally got hosed. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because fantasy football, as much of anything is like, who's hot right now. Who's the hot name. And again, you'll have the, the cam Akers and the Deandre Swifts. And there could be a story about Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be more ingrained in the offense next year. And all these guys are going to probably shoot up past Joe Mixon 
And you might even be able to get Joe Mixon in the third round, depending on how things shake out. You never know. So Just like, like Todd Gurley. How'd that yeah. work out? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's very interesting. It, it's, again, a running back can be in the league three years, and he's old news. And, again, he could be a value, like you were saying, Bob. You scoop him up later on, and then you just kind of laugh your way to the bank. So I, right. I like that call. Doc, what about you? I know John, how John feels about Joe Mixon. So I'll save <laughs> I mean, him for last. I, I wouldn't take Joe Mixon in the first two rounds just because of the inconsistency, and I think there is a little bit of injury concern. But I would take him in the third round, I mean, if that's where he's falling. We've seen his upside. That game against Jacksonville, he had 42.1 fantasy points. As of now, Cincinnati hasn't brought in another running back. So I think he's going to be a solid RB too, but I think that's probably – you won't be able to draft him as that because running backs go very heavy and somebody's going to take him earlier just because of the board. John, the person, the only person I saw across all of Twitter that did not rank Joe Mixon in their top 24 running backs going into the year. I won't call it lucky. I won't call it skill. You, you just had some knowledge that other people didn't. Apparently. <laughs> what are your it, thoughts? It, it just Joe is Mixon? David. I'm not going to say whether I was lucky. You're right. Or whether it was, you know, a skillful pick, but I did do it. I did pick him out of the top 25. So, and I'm doing it again. No, I, I don't think he's going to bounce back at all. He's been wildly inconsistent at best. And there's just, there's nothing worse in my opinion than you picking a, like who's supposed to be a, a star running back for you. And you're not sure if you want to play him every week. Yep. That's terrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's it's so tough. true. It is quick. And just quickly clean up on aisle Ben. Uh, there, his agent just reached out to Dee Kingleball at NFL Network and said that Ben will be back with the Steelers. She heard she has a text from the agent Ryan Tolner who says he will be back. They're getting together to meet with the Caps, so we can clean that issue up before we move on. <laughs> oh, right, wow. now, wait, wait, Bob. I want to ask you: Has there ever been an organization that's more than the Steelers have for Ben Roethlisberger? It's like, oh, you want Todd Haley gone? Fine. You want a raise? Sure. I think that I think they're not going to give him a raise. Look, he's due forty-one million dollars. He's not going to make that. He's he's going to have to give him a very cap-friendly deal. So, you know, no. The answer is no. But I don't know that if this is adding to it or not yet. We'll see. Uh, but you, you know, you're not wrong. Also, uh, we'll see on this one. But it, but I I think they you know they kind of set the tone when they threw it out there. Like we have to look at the situation carefully. That was after Ben already said, "I'll play for free." That's so. like that's like the meanest thing they said to him. We might have to evaluate the quarterback. That's situation. pretty yeah. mean if you got a guy that's yeah. been around like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I think that they're finally firing back. But I love the breaking news. That's perfect. That ties in. So now we have a clear picture with their offense a little bit here. I want to go to the wide receiver position next, and I want to group the next two together because they're back-to-back. That's A.J. Green at wide receiver 75. He played in all 16 games, believe it or not. Averaged four points per game. Was not part (laughs) of that offense whatsoever. (laughs) So I'm curious if he goes to a team like Green Bay or a better offense, what we can expect. And then I also, to tie that in, go to wide receiver 76, the one right next to him, OBJ. Had one big game against Dallas in they're now in a heavy run offense, obviously, like you said, with Kevin Stefanski. I'm kind of nervous what to do with, with OBJ. So, Bob, can you touch on those two guys and what you're doing with them next year? Yeah, AJ Green, OB, I won't touch him with your 10-foot pole. Um, <laughs> I, so I invested a lot this year. Like, So there are three guys. I kind of do a shotgun approach. I think there were three guys in the sixth round that I was willing to really invest in heavily. It was Green, Marquise Brown, and Will Fuller. One of them paid off. But that's what you expect you know, in the sixth round. And so, um, so, but he probably won't be one of the, OBJ will be one of those guys 
that I'll bet on. I'll take that shot on. And, uh, and there'll probably be a whole range of guys in that same, you know, in a, in a, in that price range that I'll be interested in, in drafting and I'll have shares of all of them. Uh, mostly the cheapest one, but all of them. And, uh, and it, it doesn't always work out. It didn't work out with green. Well, you know, but I mean, you look at some of these guys, and I mean, the last time we saw him, he was he was really good. I have a long history of like trying to say AJ Green is done, and then him making me look like an idiot for saying AJ Green is done. I mean, it happened. I I, I think I said he I think I said he he was pretty much done like uh, on a pregame show before a Thursday night game in Houston where he scored four touchdowns, <laughs> like in three minutes or something. So you know that's there's always that floating around the back of your mind when guys you know show you up on the regular. Um, but I don't think he's going to do that anymore. Even if he moves on, I won't be that interested. Uh, he just he. He doesn't look horrible. He just doesn't. He's not that true lead receiver anymore. He's just an ancillary piece, and I don't want to overpay for that. So in on OBJ next year, and his price, I'm sure, is going to be even lower. And then you're out on AJ Green. Yep. All right, Johnny. What about you on these two guys? I'm out on OBJ. He's had more explosive plays, but I feel like he's kind of been putting up Jarvis Landry esque stat lines, which. It's not really working when you're you're getting OBJ, and I still think no matter how low he goes, you're still sort of overpaying because he's OBJ. With AJ Green, I actually am in on AJ Green if he gets a good landing spot. I think somewhere where he can be the veteran go-to guy on you know third downs or in the red zone will be huge for him. It'll be interesting. So I thought I had he did miss some time before last year, like he missed a whole season. So you know, it takes a little bit to get back in the swing of things. He didn't have an off season. Yeah, I think one thing that's interesting on the going back to OBJ for a second, then I'll go to you, Eric. Baker looked a lot better without him. He looked like he wasn't force feeding him the ball every play, which I think allowed Baker to play a lot better. Is there any part of you, Bob, that you think either A, they try to see if they can trade him, or B, that they're basically not going to try to force feed OBJ the ball, which could hurt his production because they were so hell bent on getting him the ball? Is that concern you at all? Uh, a little bit. First of all, I would take uh, Jarvis Landry numbers for him at a cheap price all day long, right? I, that's what I. That'd be like the uh, the high end of expectations. Um, but you know, maybe with some explosive plays. But but yeah, I think you know, if you talk to the people that cover the team closely, they don't they don't buy that. I kind of do. You know, they think that that's not really the issue. That that he's not trying to. He wasn't trying to force him the ball. Uh, but it sure looked like it. So you know, we didn't have a big enough sample last year to really get a good feeling for that. And Mayfield didn't really come on strong, you know, even like immediately after, after that, I mean, he came on over, over time. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still willing to gamble on talent if the price is low enough. And if he remains in that same range, if he's in the same range as AJ green, I'd rather gamble on that level of talent and his age uh, all day long. Doc, why don't you finish this one up for us? What are your thoughts on the two guys? All right. So I think AJ green is done. Uh, he had more catch or he had more receiving yards in 2018 when he played nine games than he did in 16 games all last year. Got 45% of balls thrown his way. Just doesn't have that same separation. And that's with two other receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, taking away some of the opposing defense. And for OBJ, I like him. He was actually my wide receiver seven this year. Um, I, I don't think he's ever going to have that high upside where he'll take a slant 80 yards to the house consistently that you had to worry about. But I think he could put, potentially put up low wide, low wide receiver one numbers on occasion. But I don't think he's in the right offense for him. He's in a very run-heavy offense, and I think he's someone that needs a lot of targets his way to be effective. I would just say that Adam Thielen excelled in that offense as a kind of a playmaking goal line kind of weapon. So it's not yeah. like they're they're bereft of the ability to to find a you know 
to, to support a, a wide receiver one for a fan from a fantasy perspective. I just, you know, Beckham has a long way to go to, to, to come in that range. And I think as long as you're getting him at a huge discount, I'm okay with it. But if I have to pay for it, hell no. 100% agree. The other two was, uh, wide receivers I wanted to touch on are both DJs and the DJ, not actual DJs, but DJs. Maybe they are. You don't know their lives. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> the first one, wide receiver 17, DJ Moore, 9.7 points per game. Still cannot get in the end zone consistently. He's allergic to it, man. Yeah. I, I think everybody had, this was the year he was going to make that leap. Obviously, if Deshaun Watson is there, I think his value is going to go through the roof. But right now, it's Teddy Bridgewater. So my first question will be, obviously, if he's there, Bridgewater, are you expecting him to finish as a wide receiver one, or is he going to be back still in this wide receiver two range? Bob, what do you think? I think he's, I think he'll remain what he is if there's not a real change of quarterback. And by the way, even if you know Bridgewater's back, he's going to be looking over his shoulder all day long because – uh, they've already, you know, signaled that he's not their guy. So, you know, I, I, I like DJ Moore. I think he's a really good receiver, but you know, the scoring has been a problem. I think that could change at any time. Uh, but there's some really other really good weapons in this offense, even, you know, before you, you know, Curtis, let's say Curtis Samuel is gone. Right. I mean, between Robbie Anderson, uh, a healthy running back, assuming it's Christian McCaffrey is going to eat up some targets. So, I don't know if there's enough for me to, to go around to, to pay that high end, you know, to expect wide receiver one numbers. I mean, I think uh, like Beckham, you'll get him on occasion uh, and he might even find the end zone. Um, but I think I'd probably let someone else pay if it's a premium. Yeah. Eric, what are your thoughts on DJ Moore? Yeah. I mean, he has 10 touchdowns in three career seasons. So barring a huge spike, you know, you're going to get between two to four, maybe five or six if on a lucky year. And, you know, I, I think Deshaun Watson, might hurt his value because in, in the sense of when they're close, when the, when they're close, that's another person that's going to steal potential touchdowns. So you have the running backs, you have a mobile Deshaun Watson. I mean, DJ's DJ Moore's yards haven't been the problem. It's been the touchdowns that have been keeping out of him out of wide receiver one range. So I think a healthy McCaffrey, if Watson's there, I don't think he gets many goal line opportunities. I think it's, he's a solid wide receiver too. And I mean, he's somebody that you don't have to worry if you're going to play week in, week, week out, like we said with Mixon. I don't know if Deshaun Watson's there. I think his <laughs> touchdowns go up just because he's a better quarterback throwing him the ball. I'm sure there were a bunch of touchdowns that Bridgewater missed him. So, I, I mean, I don't have to tape in front of me. But, Johnny, you seem to agree with me. What are your thoughts on DJ Moore? Yeah, I mean, I disagree with Eric a little bit just thinking that DJ Moore was very consistent. As somebody who had DJ Moore for a portion of the season, he seemed very streaky, at least from where I was sitting. Oh, John, but, when you traded him to me, he was amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I traded him to you, because he wasn't—he was too streaky in the beginning and wasn't doing good. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's the only sort of thing that you know gives me a little bit of pause. But they said it. You know what you're going to get with him. As, as long as you're not drafting him too early, thinking he's going to be you know, a, a season winner, you know, wide receiver one, then, then you're pretty much set. Well, let, hold on. Let me ask you guys before we go to the next wide receiver. He's had 1,100 plus yards in his last two seasons. So with Deshaun Watson, I mean, are you think he's going to be a 13, 1,400 yard guy? Because it's not like he's been putting up bad numbers. I don't. I don't think. It, I think. I don't think he'd go up noticeably. I think. I, I think he'd be that same guy. Maybe there's an opportunity for more touchdowns. I think he's defined himself. I mean, I you know, I'm not saying that he won't. You know, the whole offense won't be better with uh, if there's a Watson and an under center, 
Um, but I don't know that that changes the entire dynamic of the receiving core. We'll, we'll see. Maybe Curtis Samuel has more to, to do with that than, than I think. But I would, you know, I think Robbie Anderson would make out like a bandito. Maybe they find a tight end at some point who actually is part of the passing attack. And maybe Christian McCaffrey stays healthy and he's a big factor as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Let's go to the last wide receiver we're going to talk about, the other DJ, DJ Chark, wide receiver 48, seven and a, or 7.7 points per game, getting that huge upgrade of quarterback with what many are expecting to be Trevor Lawrence. So my question to you, Bob, does he go back to being a top 24 wide receiver next year? My dynasty shares say yes. If I have to pay for it, though, no. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, well, I mean, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a process. I don't think, you know, maybe we see immediate rebound. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is the next uh, Justin Herbert and can carry a team. Oh, they didn't win many either, but but he made the receivers viable, right? And, and if you know, look, I think DJ Chark's a very good player and one that was horribly utilized last year. And and the, the quarterbacks, none of them seem to have a really good connection with them, including Gardner Minshew, who couldn't really throw the ball for most of the time he was quarterback. So I would I would say that I'll be looking to buy DJ Chark, uh, hope, hoping that it's like incredibly cheap. And it should be. It probably will be. Yeah, interesting. John, what do you think? Is he somebody you think is going to bounce back next year? I'm absolutely in on DJ Chark. It's not only the quarterback upgrade. It's the quarterback consistency. It was kind of that scene from that. The Office – where Michael Scott goes, snip, snap, snip, snap. You have no idea the toll two quarterbacks take on a receiver. And three. Yeah, exactly. He's just finally (laughs) going to be able to, uh, you know, get in sync with someone over the course of the whole season rather than going back and forth. No good call. Doc, anything else you'd like to add before we go to our tight ends? Yeah, I think he's going to be a consistent wide receiver too. I mean, he only had 10 plus targets in one game this year. I think he's going to be the type of receiver that goes four for 70 and a touchdown. Uh, this year, he had two games under five fantasy points and two above 20, and most fell in that eight to 16 point range, which once again, I think you'll take. Yep. All right. Let's go to our last guys here. That's the tight end position. That's Mike Gusecki and Evan Ingram. I'm going to loop them, bunch them together here. Mike Gusecki was tight end six in terms of fantasy points, tight end seven in terms of points per game. But I think some people were expecting a little bit more from him. And he didn't look like he was in sync with Tua, which I think is the problem because Tua is going to be starting next year. I think a lot of that production you saw uh, when you had a more stable quarterback at the helm. Then you also have Evan Ingram, who was tight end 18, tight end 18 at 4.9 points per game. Horrible year. <laughs> tight ends are terrible. <laughs> uh, so I guess, again, my two questions here, Bob, Mike Gusecki, does he get in sync more with Tua next year? And as far as Evan Ingram, is he somebody that you're kind of scared if you have him in Dynasty? What do you expect from him? Yeah, so if that second copy of Deshaun Watson ends up in Miami and the third copy <laughs> ends up with the Giants, I'm in on both <laughs> these guys. Um, but, you know, it is a little bit concerning that he, he never seemed to be the guy to look for. I think he's a super athletic player. I think he'll get plenty of opportunities. Same with Evan Ingram, but but man, he has a hard time staying on the field. I tend to be injury agnostic or I try to be. So he's, but look, I, I don't think, I think people are still going to be all in on Kaseki. People are going to pay for that because of the finish, as you mentioned. I think people might dial back on Ingram and I might take a chance on him. Tight in such a shallow pool anyway uh, that, you know, he, I, he wouldn't be someone I would draft in the range of a guy I'm playing because I'm either going to get Kelsey really early or I'm going to be taking chances on guys even later. So, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of young players that I'd be more interested in, um, than Ingram that have shown a little more durability. So 
not a big fan. I'm hoping Daniel Jones is a guy that has a huge rebound, but uh, hope is cheap. So I tend to indulge myself and uh, maybe I want to see it before I invest in it. That's fair. And again, it's a crapshoot every year at tight end. I mean, Robert Tanya wasn't even drafted right. in a lot of leagues and ends up being a top five tight end. So <clears throat> you'll have to see what happens. Uh, Doc, what are your thoughts for these two so, tight ends? So these are actually by low candidates for both of me. And Gasicki has improved his receptions each year from 22, 51 to 53. His yards, 202, 570 to 703. And touchdowns from 0, 5 to 6. So really the thing we're looking at is the volatility because he had three games with 20 or more fantasy points and eight games below 10. And I think we're judging QBs very harshly because they didn't have an offseason. Tua didn't even start. So give him training camp, give him some time to get that rapport. He's the clear number two option on paper behind Devontae Parker. And for Evan Ingram, I think he needs a new environment. Giants Twitter has bashed him a lot. But when he's played 15 or 16 games, he's had over 100 targets per season. He can create separation. I think a couple of years ago, he was actually the leader in yards of separation per routes run. And he had a huge case of the drops this year because he had three each in 2018 and 2019, and his drop percentage was 4.5%. This year, he had 11 drops, and his drop percentage was 10.1%. So I view that as an anomaly. And once again, you know, Bob mentioned he's injury prone, but I think his upside is a top five tight end. Is, That's not going that, anywhere near that. Is that a regression to the mean alert from Eric? The drops will regress. <laughs> Hopefully. I, you know, both of those guys are the kind of super athletic freaks that you want to see at the position. I just, you know, some of it's going to be, you know, what I anticipate the role. I, I think it's a fair point though on, on Tua coming in and not just not having any time to work or work with his teammates, but coming off the injury, which was a pretty serious injury, right? So he, you know, assuming he's a, he was a year away from having a solid season is not crazy. Um, but it is a concern when you see a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick coming and just go, go great blazes. Uh, and, and the only guy that Tua seemed to hit was Parker. John put a bow on top of this conversation for us. Just like only you can. Well, I think you said it with, he was tight end 18 with 4.9 points. So you might as well buy into these guys because God forbid you miss out on the three extra points, you know, the tight end 12 would have been. So, you know, you don't really have a lot to lose. <laughs> That's well, only again, only John can close out segments just like that. So appreciate that. And great insight from all of you guys. I think a lot of you guys are in on these candidates, a couple, maybe not as much, but it seems for the most part, we're expecting better things from what we saw from this group last season. So, Let's get into the fun part of the show, and we're going to start with our question of the week. All right, question. Where is that from? That's Chocolate Rain. Okay, all right. Bob, did you ever hear the song Chocolate Rain? I don't know that I have. It's Uh, entirely possible I have not. That was like the first viral YouTube video. Yeah, only throwbacks on this show. So our question of the week Usually is sponsored by something we're in the midst of, of changing sponsors, so Bob doesn't have to hear another ad. <laughs> but our question of the week, which NFL coach, past or present, would you least want to get in a fight with? Bob, you're our guest, so we're going to start with you. It could be any coach. Who are you scared of to fight? Um, I would not fight, absolutely not fight Mike Dicka in his prime um, you know, I think you could throw him in the same room with Mike Rabel. I think either of those guys probably would not be a good idea to fight fist fight it with either of them. 
Those are great choices. Although Bill Belichick would do something shifty. He'd have like a blade stuck somewhere or something. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think of that. I was like, Bill Belichick, <laughs> I, I would take him because he's so slow. Seems like he's a quiet, silent, not going to mess with you type of guy. But you're right. I could see it. Um, John, what about you? Um, for the record, David, if we had to do a fake ad, just looking around the room, it would have been for black pepper, uh, crushed pepper. But moving on to which coach I wouldn't want to fight, uh, Bob took it, Mike Vrabel. He, he's a big guy. <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah, he's want to played fight pretty him. recently, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's not old. Like he's still in good shape. And he would do anything to win a Super Bowl. Anything. He cut something off, I've heard. So, But uh, go ahead, Doc. What's your answer? So I'm sticking with Mike. And when Bob said Mike Vrabel and Mike Ditka, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to say mine. Mine's Mike Singletary. I mean, talk about it. He was a, oh, he was a yeah. linebacker, very aggressive. I've never seen him smile. He always seems to be frowning. So I could see you just say, like, hi, the wrong I'll way. Just to give you a up. severe talking to, and you'll feel really bad about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could I could just imagine being like, hey, Mike. And I maybe I say, hey, wrong, and he punches me in the face, and I die. Yeah, he's just, I need winners. And you, oh, man. <laughs> really he, he, literally, he literally changed Vernon Davis's he career did, when, right? he, when he so, threw him under the bus. I'd rather play with 10 a, people. Give you a serious talking to. Vrabel would put a fist in your face. I don't know if Singletary would. What about Robert Sala? No love for – I mean, he's he's intimidating. Yeah. I mean, he, he pop, he pop blood, blood Dicka blood. would kill them all, though. A young <laughs> Dicka would kill them all, though. It doesn't even matter. It's a moot point. Like, I, I wish I could have seen Mike Dicka. He'd stick Hart. a cigar in you when he was done, too. Like, you'd be on the ground and you'd go. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. All great answers, though. I, I think we all are glad we don't have to worry about fighting them. But let's get into our last segment of the night, and that's going to be our game of the week. All right, game of the week, and I'm hosting the game this week. I'm bringing back by popular demand an old favorite we played one time. It's called the name game. So how this is going to work, I'm going to give you two names who are connected by the name in the middle, and I'll give you clues on both players. So for instance, the clue might be an old Philadelphia wide receiver and the top rookie cornerback taken in the 2020 draft. And the answer would be Alshon Jeffrey Okuda. Ah, Gotcha. Okay. So, see what you've done there. All right. So the names connect with the one in the middle. So I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven. And then if we're in a tiebreaker, I have an eighth one for the tiebreaker. That sound good? Seven. Did you, were you trying to get to a round number and gave up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just have, I have eight and I was like, I don't like doing seven. So, uh, so are, are we good? Are we, are we game? Yes, sir. So how this is will will work is you're gonna buzz in as soon as I'm done reading the question and the first name I hear buzzed in, that's who I'm gonna go to. So you just buzz in with your first name. Very optimistic to think I'm buzzing in as soon as you're done with the question. <laughs> <laughs> last time it last time it didn't go very well. Oh my gosh! Last time I was like listening to this on the way to a wedding and I'm like, oh, I'm yelling the answers. I was like, they're awful. I'm trusting Bob is going to school everybody. Else. I don't actually have a buzzer though. You just, just you just go. You can fake one and go Bob and hit it. <laughs> All right. So the first one, two rookie running backs that combined to form one of the best female musical artists the world has ever seen. Jonathan Taylor Swift. Eric, oh, damn. you Eric. get you do not get a point for that because you did not buzz in. Oh my gosh! Don't I give a two points for that. Don't be a weenie. Come on, David. I got it so quick. 
All right, I'll, I'll give you the point. From now on, you have to buzz in with your name. You don't shout it out loud. I'm sorry, I'm good. Okay. There's no way I was getting that. All right. Second, number two. I'm not even sure who Taylor Swift is. What? <laughs> oh, Bob. Bob, Bob. I'm more of a metalhead. What? I'm more of a metalhead. Is DeAndre Swift's name Taylor? I'm confused how that was. Yeah, was the one that was in the middle. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so Bob, hopefully after this show is done, you'll listen to a Taylor Swift song. That would make me happy. Probably not. <laughs> well, we'll move to the second one here. Might be an accident if I do. <laughs> the next one, a beast of a running back and a bust at wide receiver so far in his rookie season. Derek Henry Ruggs. I wouldn't call him a bust, David. All right, John, buzzing with your name. <laughs> now what is the instructions? I, I, well, no, I, I I reject the pretense of the question, David. He hasn't been a bust. He had a fairly good, he had an okay season. No, it wasn't. It was a bust. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Raiders homer in you. That's you're seeing things that aren't there. All right, so are we? I'm seeing game winning touchdowns. I'm just are saying. We, are we? I'm uh, like sitting there. I was like sitting there going, Marshawn, uh, 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 beast. I don't. Hmm, damn it, beast mode. It was a uh, like. It's got to be an active player. All right, I'm getting there. I, I'll, I'll make sure I, if any of them aren't active, I'll make sure I preface that. Um, so we are one to one again. Please buzz in with your name. Okay. Number three, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFC and a slot wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Eric, go ahead. Devontae Adams Humphrey. That is correct. Nice job. That's well done. Thank you. All right. Number four, the best defensive player in the NFL and an old Brett Favre wide receiver that is out of Eric, the league. Eric. You didn't wait till I finished the question. I did. All right. Who is it? Aaron Donald Driver. Ah, I, <laughs> it was like the first one I was going to get. Damn it. All right. I'm All right. Faster. I'm getting there. I'm like going to get one like five hours after the show is over. <laughs> The next one, the best middle linebacker in the AFC, arguably, and the top defensive lineman that has played for both New York teams. Eric. What is your answer? Darius Leonard Williams. Like I get half of each of these, like <laughs> right, right when Eric is like buzzing. I'm like, got the first, I've got half. Eric, you're ruining the show because you're too good at it. All right. I'll take it. I think I won anyway. I think yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do these last yeah, couple. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Eric, give him like 30 seconds to think of it. All right. All right. They, Might not be long enough, Eric. Don't give me any time. <laughs> this one's a little harder. The current anchor of Cleveland's defensive line and a journeyman quarterback who got playing experience in 2020. I know it. I'll wait. Miles Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I didn't yeah. buzz though. I suck. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Trying to get Garrett Gilbert's name out of the tip. I keep tip thinking of my who ate Gilbert Garrett's grape, or I don't know. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, well, we'll go with these last two. Eric, just sit out for thirty seconds. All right. All right. This one's actually a tough one too. Both players are in the NFC South. One is a tight end. The other is a punter. Oh, Punt, punter's names they're both in the nfc south so you only have four teams to choose from and he's actually i think a well-known punter because he came to mind i know i don't know i know absolutely zero punters from the nfc south eric do you even know it oh i wasn't paying a, uh i know it now actually 
Can I say it? I'm going to give Bob a few I don't know words. any punters. I know zero punters. All right, okay. can I do it? Ian, right. Thomas, Ian Thomas Morstead. There you go. Ian. Oh, Thomas. I did know that punter. I was like, yeah, I think everybody knows Ian Thomas more or knows Thomas Morstead. That's one of the few I know. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. A New York Giants defensive legend, obviously not in the game anymore, and a Washington football team 2020 playoff legend. I know it. Lawrence Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I want to rethink that one. I'm gonna, I was just coaching around. You had the you had the first part right. I knew I had the first part right, but he's, I was just being joking. a smartass with this. Oh, joking. I got you. I got you. Joking. Wow, he David, won't... the joke went right over your head. I just want him to listen to Taylor Swift so bad. John, I have you to know find it? out who she is first. I'm googling right no, now. No, I yeah, it's Lawrence Taylor Heineke, but he already knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah t- Taylor Swift. Bob is going to do that. Uh, but she seems like a very nice young lady. I see her on the Google. There's a lot of talk about her. <laughs> Apparently all the kids love her. I'm well, as much as I, I don't want to do this doc, you get your, uh, you get your one person applause. I actually love the one person applause. So here, you get your one person applause when you win a game. So doc, you have your 15 second FaceTime. And then I want to make sure we get Bob out of here. I want to give my 15 seconds to Bob and have him talk because he's hilarious. <laughs> Bob, this was um, fun, man. Uh, this was great. I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll do it again very soon. I'm always available. Holler if you need me. And uh, otherwise, uh, look for me on the Twitter at Football Die Hard. Is there anything else that you want to tell anybody about maybe stuff you're working on or anything you'd like to plug otherwise? Because I don't actually work. I just hang out on podcasts. But no, uh, <laughs> you check out footballdiehard.com. Well, uh, last year, I, I, I'm senior editor of a number of fantasy publications, uh, all of which will be published this year. Unlike last year when we kind of dialed back a little bit, it'll be like the 32nd year of the Fantasy Football Pro Forecast. Uh, the Die Hards magazine, it'll be in its 21st year. Cheat Sheets magazine, Draftbook magazine. And also you can hear me on SiriusXM fantasy sports radio uh way more than you want to <laughs> i love it he's a great follow a great guy in the fantasy football community make sure you're following him if you're not already thank you everybody for listening watching make sure you keep watching rookie tape getting prepped for free agency trades because all that stuff's going to be happening very soon and stay tuned next week because we'll be talking with adam rank so make sure you stay tuned for that For more fun topics, player interviews, go listen to our past shows and more, again, fun stuff coming this offseason. Make sure you all stay safe. We'll catch you guys next week. Rank totally knows who Taylor Swift is.